Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I can't stand. It's sneaky people. I just can't stand sneaky people. I, uh, being a personally a very forthright, open, honest, reliable, sober, industrious, concerned, uh, deeply motivated individual, I find that I just can't stand sneaky people. <laughs> and uh, I trust that uh, tonight gathered out there in the undergrowth, there's a lot of uh, also. Deeply concerned, honest, reliable, sober, industrious people. I'm glad to see you out there, gang. Kind of nice to know you're one of the good crowd, isn't it, though? Hi, George. Well, uh, uh, just, just try to, try to, try to hold it back for the next 45 minutes or so. It's not going to be easy. But, uh, we'll do a real bad show tonight. I must warn you. Just, so don't get disappointed. It's going to be real bad going to be totally bad, because it's Friday night, and I prefer to indulge myself. Right? Oh, tomorrow's Friday, as far as I'm concerned. Bring it up. Don't get mad. Oh, no, no. Wait a minute now. I'm part of the new world. You're way back in your old... You're, you're living back in the dark ages. I'm serious. You're, you're way back there with the bubonic plague and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, uh, I know perfectly well, if you're going to be old-fashioned, yes, today is Thursday. That's if you're an old you-know-what, uh, if you prefer to be old-fashioned about it. But no person in today's hard-hitting, dynamic, totally hedonistic world will even concede today that his weekend does not start any later than noon on Thursday. As a matter of fact, I saw three executives leaving the station here at 20 after 2 today. One guy had three tennis rackets with him and a set of golf clubs.
The other guy had a secretary under his arm. And they were taken off to the main woods. I said, what is he? What do you mean, where am I going? He says, well, it's, a, it's the weekend. Well, I realize it is the weekend. So tonight you have to adjust you have to adjust your whole way of thinking. It's you know the old linear thinking is out, friend. Forget it about those old days, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, what came after Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday. What was that day? It started with an M, I think, came after Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday. I mean, you know. Wednesday, that's it. Wednesday it was an old day. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. This is used to be Thursday in the old system of calculating these things, and it is now actually the weekend is well underway. And uh, there is another thing you must understand too that the weekend does not cease being the weekend till roughly 8 p.m. on Tuesday, what used to be Tuesday. So I know what I'm doing. Oh, you made a mistake. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of mistakes, uh, our engineer Keith tonight says this is the middle of the week. You know, we're, we're, uh, yeah, for engineers, it's the middle of the week. I mean, for, you know, for big people, it's the beginning of the week. You know what I mean? <laughs> Keith's eyebrows go up. <laughs> no, Keith, he, he said, uh, he says, would you please do one thing for me? He says, it's bad enough work in the show. And uh, without, you know, without getting any kind of self-gratification. And uh, he happens to be a practicing sadist. And, and since he is this, he said, I would like to do at least, if, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to be on the controls of at least three minutes of really, really mean, rotten, hairy, stinky, Jews harp music. I said, well, I said, after all, you have to think of the listener. He says, well, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. He says, there's nobody that I'd like to get back at more than the listener. And I said, well, all right, Keith, is that the way it is? You know, has it ever occurred to you that radio stations may be bludgeons in the hand of monsters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're using 50,000 watts of secret electronic power to bludgeon your brain into a bloody, gray, massy pulp. You know, boy, Right, I like the, the cousin Brucey syndrome. It just bore, you know, just booms out there night after night. How you like that? All right, y'all sit in there, Keith. This is for you. All right. Here we go.
Here. You know what that's good for? Hello? Hello? Gee, did you hear me there? Would you tell him to close the door to the john? There it is. You know what that's really good for? I found it's very important. It's good for the sinuses. Clears them up, get them clinkers moving. uh, (laughs) He really did, you know? And, uh, you know, speaking of getting the clinkers moving here, uh, before we get underway here on this uh, somewhat, uh, somewhat, uh, you know how it is Thursday night, now, it just just occurred to me uh, today. I'm walking around on Lexington Avenue, and everywhere you go, you see these people sitting around. They got the you know, radios going. Everybody's talking about the Mets, and all of a sudden, it's everybody's talking about baseball. Period. Joe Namath is off the front page, and uh, <laughs> he is Gonesville. Well, uh, it hit me. You know, it's it's funny. Here uh, along come the Jets, and they win the title in their league, and nobody expected them to do it a couple of years ago, at least even last year they didn't, you know, and they went out to do it, yeah, and now it's the Mets. Now, uh, you know, maybe it's just the atmosphere. Maybe maybe sports is, a, is far more subtle than we think. It, uh, it may be that, that it's in the air, that uh, New York's time is here. And uh, everything in New York wins. Watch the Knicks this year, then. <laughs> really? I'm not kidding. Watch the Knicks. Uh, New York's stock in the sports world is definitely booming. And uh, it could be. Now, these things, of course, now, again, we're getting philosophical, you see. And I, today, I'm, I'm sitting uh, in this place. I'm waiting for my turn to come up. And one of these places, you know, where you have to, Tell them this is me and my appointment's at 3. And by, you know, 4.30, they're calling you into the office. And I'm sitting in there crossing and uncrossing my legs and trying to read for the 15th time this 1953 edition of the National Geographic, which is in that office. And, uh, yes, it's the resident copy of the National Geographic. Hey, I'm just going to ask another philosophical question, rhetorical, of course. Do people get the National Geographic or is it only sent to doctor's offices? You know the magazine, the National Geographic? I've ne- you get it? Oh, for crying out loud. Well, there, there goes my philosophical question. I never knew anybody who got it, actually. It's a great magazine. Yeah, it's an expensive one. Ain't no cheapy. Yeah, I know that. And I figured, you know, the only people that got it were dentists. And uh, they only got old ones. I never saw a new one. Uh, I have never seen one less than two and a half years old. And it's always, it's got the same article in it all the time. It's uh, by canoe and balsa wood raft up the Ubangi River with uh, gun and alimentary canal, stuff like that. And it shows the guy standing there, you know, talking to the natives on the shore. It says, interesting native tattoos can be seen. And you see, there's more than native tattoos that are being shown in this picture. It's what is tattooed that's interesting. (laughs) And they never refer to that. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I just figured that, uh, that uh, I'm just full of philosophical questions tonight. And I'll tell you why. I'm sitting in this office, and uh, I have this copy of the Times I bring in there, and I'm reading it. And here's a little note that says, Physicist reports he has discovered smallest particle in the universe. And it's an Australian physicist, see. He says he is, quote, 99% sure that he has discovered the smallest particle of matter known to man. 
I'm sitting there scratching my, you know, just scratching my knee and and they're waiting to be called. I'm thinking about the smallest particle known to man. It's philosophical, of course. Now we're getting into the philosophical areas there, you see, because you can't actually reach out and grab one of them and to hold on to it. Now, uh, it's got a great name. Do you know what the name of this uh, smallest particle is? It's, got the, it's a cute name. It's the kind of a name that you would think it would appear on the uh, Saturday afternoon a TV kid uh, cartoons, the name of a funny duck. Do you hear what the name of it is? It's not the atom or the molecule. It's the quark. Oh, it's kind of cute, a little old quark, you know, running around there. And, uh, yeah, it's a quark with a Q. And are, are we having a fun election? For those of you who are outside, we're just having more fun. Now, if you like mud, uh, we're having fun. And uh, mud is, uh, you know, it's kind of a basic thing. People all start out making mud pies and making little mud stuff and and it's only natural that man, when he grows up, begins to throw it. Now, he can throw it. Uh, there's all, all different ways to throw mud. But we are having a ring-ding of an election. And uh, today I stood out there on Fifth Avenue. There's a gigantic sign that says Lindsay. And that sign was maybe 150 feet high and 4,000 feet long. And I stood there in front of it. And there's all kinds of pictures of, of the mayor looking dynamic. And he's rising above crowds all the time with the sun trickling down over his cheekbones. And his hair glistening, and he's looking off into the horizon, see. And uh, those pictures all look so groovy, don't they? They don't show you, you know, around the back of the building that he's standing spread eagle in front of this beautiful big building. You don't see the big piles of garbage up to the four-story window there and all the dog stuff, that, you know, all the rest of it. It's all part of Fun City. You just kind of expect it. It's all here, the Alpha and the Omega, the plus and the minus, the Sturm and Drang. And you know that reminds me. Hey, can I can I interrupt you guys for a minute? You know, a couple of nights, a couple of nights ago, uh, I hate to interrupt the you know the parties that go on in the control room. Sometimes we just got to do these shows that we you know it's such a drag. I admit, but uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I predicted, I I did, I predicted. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna gloat here, and there's nothing nothing more distasteful than a man gloating, and I and I'm just gonna gloat here. A co- oh, it's been at least a couple of months ago that I said that one of the one of the problems that we have today, and it's a, it's a problem too, is that we conceive of sin as sex. People, when they talk about passion and they talk about sin, it's always sex. And uh, almost every Swedish movie is about this. You know, they, you know, you see this this big scene in the second reel there where all these people are wrestling and. And, you know, it's all artistically photographed with the flashing lights and all that. The next day, Rex Reed says, oh, a darling picture. Well, uh, this, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a limited view of sin. And I'm glad to report that Fellini, the Italian director, has followed, uh, obviously, great minds work in parallel, that he has, he has created a movie where the other sins are given their full-fledged run through the thickets. And it's a restaging of Roman glutton orgies. This new film, did you hear about it, Satyricon? And I hear it's just groovy. I mean, there's big pictures of these guys eating live eels. You ought to try that. Yes, live eels, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they got more than that. You know, there's kids listening. I tell them, oh, what else? They got all kinds of stuff. And he's... And and it's just you know it's it's it, it makes any Swedish movie look like uh, the Bobsy Twins revisited in color. At uh, 
it goes all the way. Now, now, sins, of course, uh, come in many sizes and shapes, friends, and I, I just want to tell you tonight, again, I must repeat, that as part of our public service programming in our public service department has prepared a booklet entitled, Are You Sinning More and Enjoying It Less? Or How to Get More Out of the Other Seven Sins. Uh, speaking of sins, have you tried, say, for example, sloth? Well, how about gluttony? You have tried that one. Well, <laughs> well we all know about lust. Uh, now, have you tried envy, though? Now, that's a good sin. Well, now, you say, no, you haven't, and you're giving it a value judgment. There is nothing more health-giving and brings the roses to the cheeks than a good, total, completely unfettered, open, and thoroughly realized session of dynamic envy. Yes, it is. It make, you see, we all suppress it. We sit around now. Let's see you hear about your friend uh, Clarence, see, at that. You know, there's old Clarence down there. He's got the, you know, the rimless glasses. He's kind of fat, you know, and everybody kind of puts Clarence down. All of a sudden, it turns out that Clarence has been having an unbelievable affair with this chick who's a centerfold off from last month's Playboy. And then on top of it, Clarence has just been nominated to be the assistant chairman of the board of the, uh, of the Amalgamated God Company. It's in charge of everything. So. Well, how do you handle that, see? And then you see Clarence walk down the street, and magically he has grown two and a half feet in height. He has a 12-inch waist. He has an Italian silk suit that looks like it was sprayed on him. And he is stuffing into his new 4.9 cc Maserati. Now what? All right. Now what do you say? Do you, being a man of the you know, 20th century good guy type, you say, well, I'm certainly pleased that Clarence is gone. As, you know, I always knew that Clarence had it in him. And I say to Clarence, by God, Clarence, go as far and as high as you can go, Clarence. And deep down inside of you, this thing is, oh, look at that. Yeah. You see, the trouble is, envy is largely declared by the FCC obscene. I cannot tell you the thoughts that you think of Clarence without running risks. Why don't you tomorrow morning get up and just do it? Stand by your bed and swear about the other ones. Just get mad. Break the windows and kick. Now, this is all philosophical. Now, I understand this is philosophical, and I don't want to bother you with this philosophical problem. Say, they, they, they tend to bug you, right, George? You get, you get all hung up, and the next thing you know, you don't care whether Namath throws another pass or not, and you sit there wondering about stuff you shouldn't wonder about, right? You know, you just get too deeply about... Like today, reading about this quark, the smallest particle known to man, now, the reason I am bringing this up tonight, the very serious reason for this, now, I keep looking on TV, see, and I watch movies and stuff, and I notice one thing that's always happening in TV, and it's always happening in movies, and that's fistfights. Practically hardly a movie goes by, but what Kirk Douglas doesn't say, you said what? Whap! And the next thing you know, the bar mirror crashes, and they're throwing bottles, Somebody picks up a chair and runs it up, and Claire Trevor gets it in the mouth, and, you know, this fist fight. Okay, how many have you seen in the, in the movies? Fist fights. Oh, probably 250,000 or more, <laughs> I mean, you know. Now, I'm going to ask you. Now, this is an important question. How many have you ever actually seen in your life 
Now, if you were to judge by movies, there must be a fist fight busting out of it. Any place that, say, uh, uh, John Wayne shows up, there's fist fights. Uh, any place that, uh, yeah, there are fist fights in almost every movie, no matter what kind of movie it is. There are as many or more fist fights in movies than there are love scenes. And there's a lot of those. Now, there's hardly any of the scenes that you and I actually live. You know that I have never seen a guy wait for his cleaning in a movie? I spend most of my life waiting for cleaning. I, uh, well, that's the truth. I'm just uh, saying that there, there must be something here. Now, now I'm sitting in this, in this place waiting for this guy to call me into his office where he's going to charge me $200, you know, to, to uh, you know, just walk around and, and uh, put little knobs on me and stuff like that. So I'm, I wish you now, friend, to look into the incense of your mind. You see that little old Buddha sitting there with the smoke coming out of his nose? You can hear the sound of the temple chimes, can't you? This man counts those bits of straw and rice, those fish bones and those dried tea leaves of philosophy, and contemplates what it's about. The smallest particle known to man Now, if you take an atom and you divide it up, it has to be smaller. There has to be small. You can bust anything. And you got molecules, and then you break the molecules down, and then you break the thingies down, and the radons down, and the quasars down, and the protons down, and you're left with what? A quark. Indeed, a quark. Reminds me of the poem, The Hunting of the Quark. No, they picked that name seriously. You think that's a bad joke. It is not a bad joke. It is a bad joke only to those without humor in their soul. <laughs> you may now remove your, 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 your seared ashes from the premises. <laughs> the quark, the smallest particle known to man. That's it. Drift it out now, Keith, and I will describe the scene. Now, the only fist fight that I ever saw, really a genuine one. Now, I've seen guys push each other around. I've seen guys belt each other once in a while. But I'm talking about a real fist fight. Happened in a tent. Now, how many times have you seen fights in the Army? What do they come about? I mean, what is a fight in the movies? What, what do guys fight about in the Army? Uh, usually they, you know, it's usually James Whitmore. And uh, he's about to fight with uh, somebody like uh, Rip Torn. And uh, there's always the uh, Southern Sergeant played by Rod Steiger. And he's going to show, I ain't no Yankee how to, how, to, how to act toward nobody. You know what you say? You know, this is what the fights are always about in the movie version of life. That's a simple fight. It is now 8 o'clock in the evening. It is after chow. Boredom hangs heavy over the company area. So heavy that you could just cut it if you wanted to with your trench knife and make little, you know, you can make little balls out of it and toss it back and forth and play catch with it. And I come wandering down the company street, little realizing I'm about to observe a scene. Oh, boy. And in fact, I will be part of the scene. 
which I will forever never forget. I come drifting down the street. There's mud, the dock boards. Nothing's happening. We've had uh, baked, I believe it was baked salmon loaf, which our uh, mess hall specialized in, baked salmon loaf with dried onions in it. So, that's right. Well, no, Spam was our Sunday meal. That was when we were lucky. We got this baked salmon loaf that came from this Class D rejected salmon that they were going to use for fertilizer down in Mississippi, and somebody said ship it to the Army, so we got it. So we had baked salmon loaf. And the other specialty of the house, which was pickled beets. Nation, I understand, today is not considered as explosive as it was then. But uh, I'll just describe to you what happened. We had baked salmon loaves, we had uh, pickled beets, and we had purple Kool-Aid, known better to the company as Purple Death. We had this uh, drink. It was, uh, I think it was, some, it was an experimental Kool-Aid flavor, like uh, fermented raisin or something like that, and, and we got the whole ship on. So uh, Company K is letting its meal ferment, and I come drifting down the company area. And there's my little tent, which I shared with five other guys. It was one of these pyramidal six-man tents. And it was kind of a coolish fall day like this, a day like any other day. At that time, I'd been in the Army, oh, 100, 150 years, had maybe another 200 years to go. So there was no press. Nobody was working. There was Nobody was bucking for nothing because there was nothing to buck for. As a matter of fact, our company, uh, in the entire... Uh, tour of duty, our company, there were three stripes that were destroyed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.